0: The Old Testament lesson this morning is from Isaiah chapter 66, verses 10 through 14. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice with her in joy, all you who mourn over her, that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast, that you may drink deeply with delight from her glorious bosom. For thus says the Lord, I will extend prosperity to her like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you shall nurse and be carried on her arm, and bounced on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see, and your heart shall rejoice. Your bodies shall flourish like the grass. And it shall be known that the power of the Lord is with his servants, and his indignation is against his enemies. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.
1: As we come to a time of children's message this morning... I wanted to notice with you, this first Sunday of the month, the communion table. I wanted to talk just a moment about the power of communion. We're going to talk a little bit later about comfort and rejoicing. And each Sunday that we come to communion, we come a little bit differently. There are times that we come to communion with a bit of anticipation. There are times we come to communion with a little bit of um, eagerness. There are times we come to communion because it's what's out there and we'd forgotten it was the first Sunday of the month. That's an honest thing that happens. There are times we come to communion because it's what we really need. And we are looking for some comfort. Today, as we talk about comfort a little bit, I want to remind us that the communion table is a place that God comforts us. The very presence of Jesus is a comfort to us. In the bread and in the cup, we are ministered to. God is present to us. So today, as you hear the words and the story of communion, as we partake together of communion, I want to just remind you, this is also a way through which God comforts us. God is present with us. second part is going to be about rejoicing, because we then respond with joy. After one is comforted, one knows joy. So would you pray with me, that we know both comfort and joy. Let's pray together. Dear God, God, we thank you for your presence, that we know through communion. Help us to know your comfort, and your joy. joy. Amen. The founder of the Methodist movement, John Wesley, was a practical theologian. This means he developed theology, what we believe about God, in response to what he was doing, how he was working. As opposed to laboring, writing, a very systematic theology. All right. One of the building blocks of Methodism and strong throughout the scriptures is something called the means of grace. Stick with me here a minute. What this means is God is known throughout the mundane. The ordinary commonplace objects can become sacred because of God's presence. This is the basis of the bread And the cup becoming communion. This is the waters of baptism. Blessing us through the sacraments. As we return to the brown bag series this July. We are leaning friends on this very same premise. Each familiar object has the capacity. To tell the story of the good news. The gospel. And in doing so. We encourage one another to tell our stories. Everything from a safety pin to a Lego can tell the story of God. So, we begin today. And as I reached into the brown bag this week, our first week, I was treated to a CD. You will be soon too. Um, from CODA, that's the celebration of the arts at the Delaware Water Gap. And it's the Jazz Mass. And I need to share with you one selection. Can we play it? It's going to be Psalm 149. Now you heard it read. And now you're going to hear Psalm 149. In just a minute. I'm anticipating it. Along with you. Because it's coming. I can feel it. (laughs) Yes, sometimes you just gotta wait for the good stuff. Do you need a minute?
0: Okay. Go. Go.
1: So, Psalm 149, as you've not heard it before. How did we get to the creation of a jazz mass here in the Poconos that, friends, has been ongoing for decades? The story goes like this In 1978, the pastor of the Presbyterian Church of the Mountains was asked to perform a wedding for a young musician, and when asked about the payment, here's creativity right here, the pastor replied, develop jazz mass. The commission and the challenge began, meetings and brainstorming, musing and composing, and in September of that year, the jazz mass was presented first at the church, as I understand, and shortly after, the Delaware Water Gap Celebration of the Arts Coda was born. Creativity begets creativity. Encouragement and accompaniment stimulate community and longevity. I love the origin of the commission. I commend this to you if you've not been introduced. Many of you have. And I think jazz teaches us something about ourselves. Psalms and, the, and jazz hold this fundamental truth in common. Sorrow and joy are interwoven together. Stick with me. Sorrow and joy are interwoven together with community. The community they both depend on is essential as we turn to one another for comfort, for strength, and to share together our joy. We need all of them. The human experience depends on more than just ourselves. In the modern era, many of us have been encouraged to be self-sufficient. I can do it myself. Isn't the first thing that we hear our kids say is I do it myself, right? (laughs) I do it myself. Develop solutions to every possible trouble without assistance from our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, our family, and if we can get by without God. hmm. The truth is, we need one another. And this is a good thing. As a part of a Harvard lecture series, famed trumpeter and jazz musician, Wynton Marsalis in 2013, maybe you all have heard this already, and his band of star, all-star musicians discussed and demonstrated how to achieve this balance in a series of lectures called At the Speed of Instinct, choosing to play and stay together. Choosing to play and stay together. It came just two days after the bombings at the Boston uh, Marathon. Y'all remember when this happened? And he said this, ours is time-obsessed, time, Time, we are obsessed with time. The art of jazz is the mastery of time, thousands of decisions made in an instant for the duration of a song. When we play, there is the supreme cognizant of the present, the energy of being in the present, the intensity of presenting a collective insight into the successive moments of presentness. He then goes on to say, that's a mouthful. (laughs) That was a lot I just said right there. Increasingly, we live in a world with vigilance. We focus on the next news story. I hear this all the time. And each season of time, to the exclusion of what's gone behind us and what's yet to be. Maybe jazz offers us a little bit of a lesson here about adapting, about improvising. These deep roots in the African-American tradition, in the call and the response present in the space, as well as an awareness of the standards, musical standards, both playing and pausing as a part of conversation. This is not so different from the musical songbook of the people of Israel. In the Psalms, you know, Psalms were familiar as musical standards, familiar enough to riff on and recite without referring to the music, to reflect on and add notes, to see where God was and contemplate. It was a common language throughout which all of the experiences could be known. This is why Jesus quoting the Psalms on the cross. As the people sang Psalm 149, the stories of praise poured in. It was Miriam with the tambourine, and David before the ark. It was the temple musicians, and it was others. Hope radiated, even in the midst of challenge. It spoke across time. By the time the people of Israel received that last chapter of the book of Isaiah that Kim read for us, they knew heartache, and they knew pain. They knew joy, and they knew that sense of exhilaration, and they were tired from that roller coaster ride of it all. We know that kind of exhaustion. When you've been in a place that you feel like has been work, When you get together with friends and family and drudgery and you'd rather just stay home and pull the covers over your head for a while. When the world around you seems like it's just kind of burning down and you can't imagine a time when it won't be like that when you only tell the stories of days gone by, and you're pretty sure all the best days have already passed you by, and all there is left is just getting through. That's weariness. Whether it's, we call it depression, or anxiety, or strife, or instability, or ill health, what makes us feel like it's just too hard, whether it's one person, or a group of people, or an era, or a generation. The Israelites knew what this was like. They were exiled and finally getting to go home. They were certainly sure of this exhaustion, the kind that sits in the sinews between your bones. They'd suffered. They were cut off from their land. They felt like God wasn't really with them anymore. And they thought if they went home, everything would be restored. All of the blessings. And they found suffering. And they found hardship. They found political infighting and economic oppression. You know, jazz doesn't ask for one or the other. Rejoice or pain. Psalm 149 didn't proclaim, just rejoice. That's it. It's just to say all of your praises in God's name. It told the story of both struggle and challenge as well. The final chapter of Isaiah doesn't leave the people of Israel in their bone-tired pain, in their kind of listlessness, The prophet, like a jazz musician, plays kind of a musical theme that God has trumpeted from the beginning of time. I will comfort my people, and they will be drawn to me like children are drawn to a mother. I'm not going to discount their pain. I will redeem it. And I'm going to tell a story of how we have overcome. You will see, says the Lord. Scholars now have a better translation of that 14th verse that Kim read for us. The one that said that bodies will flourish like grass. The better translation says that bones will flourish like grass. When you have been born, bone-tired, and know that the Lord your God will give you times that you will thrive, so much so that your bones will know energy. You won't feel worn out anymore. You will have so much energy that it will be innate to you. You will sing a renewed song and have a pep in your step. Let us sing together a new song to the lord the one who calls us friends to lean on each other to hear one another's stories to sing each other's songs even the times when we've forgotten what they are and to praise god together this is the gospel it's good news thanks be to god amen